0: Welcome to Bumping Uglies, the adult podcast where two lifelong friends talk about sex, love, and life. Listeners be advised, strong language may be used, and sensitive subjects may be discussed. Music by Ethan Hines. Go ahead, Ash. I was just
1: going to ask Alma. She had said she called him the uh, Japanese version for master. Yes. Are there other things that you two refer to each other as, or things you're not allowed to call each other?
2: Um, some, every once in a great while, I will call him sir, but usually not. Uh, I did at first, of course, but it was once I uh, recognized that I wanted him to, be a permanent fixture in my life as my dominant, uh, to me that in my mind has always been master, especially mm-hmm. in, when in a owner property situation or owner submissive situation. Um, I will call him my trainer because that's also true because, uh, when we've done the pet play before, um, especially the pony and the puppy aspects, he does teach me to do tricks and rewards me with treats and things like that. Like we have, performed this together, um, several different occasions in a few different ways. So, um, and so he's my owner in that, uh, you know, as an animal is owned by a person, I'm owned by him. Um, but, and I very rarely call him by his first name. The only time I've times I've slipped and called him by his first name to his face is when I'm so upset, my brain flickers to a channel where I, I go on and just, like, where it's pretty much, I'm pretty I'm barely able to speak or think much at all. Right. right. Uh, so I default to what do I know him first as, and mm-hmm. that's by his first name.
0: Do you, um, oh, do ahead. you call him John um, when he's not around and you're talking to other people about him?
2: Depends on who the other, the person is. Um, usually, like, with his mother, I do, because... I, I just, I feel there's, there's a comfortable, comfortability level there. I don't think calling him master in front of her when he's not around. I, I think, actually, in general, calling him master in front of her, I mean, I can do it, but it's not something I should do a lot of because can my I mention, mother, can my I mother the is a cultural thing. What was that? Can I mention the cultural thing? Um, yeah, you can. My my, my mother in law is a traditional
3: uh, Jewish woman. Okay. Her. New York Jewish woman <laughs> raises a, <laughs> raises a first wave feminist in the '60s in New York. If that yes. says anything. Yes.
2: Oh wow. So so there's there, you know I just knowing who she is as an individual, I don't want to tread on her comfort level. Um, and but you know like her, the, the best friends I will use um, uh, but I also have some pet names I call him by. But usually, like, if we're around our theater folk friends, mm. I usually call him by a pet name, like Puppy mm. or something else endearing like which that. If,
3: which if anybody ever read American Gods, then...
2: Yeah. Um, So there, there's different nicknames that I call him by, but, but by, like, when I, you know, talking to him, talking about him to my co-workers, you know, he's John, obviously, because I'm not out at work, but yeah, usually mm-hmm. if, it, if they're not kink- uh, adjacent or related at all she master
3: and the language like and, and the different language helps in that you can pass it off as a nickname as opposed to a title because most I, people wouldn't I know, know. The, I'm sorry
0: what I said cuz most people wouldn't know what that means
3: right especially
2: shisho i, I know it's 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 not only is it a japanese term but it's also a very sel- very very seldom used obscure term yeah for master right. so um, they, yeah, they
1: just think it's another pet name, usually. Okay. So you spoke about his mother. Um, she technically knows about you two, right?
3: Oh, not even technically. She flat out knows. She, okay.
2: She, she asked to be at my calling ceremony. She was there at my at my ceremony.
0: So was that... It, was she just immediately <laughs> very accepting of that?
3: I would say so. Um, I... I was forced... Uh, if you will, to come out. And I don't really like using that term, but it's the only one I have due to some rather unfortunate circumstances. And I had been living a very compartmentalized life at that point, just because, again, I didn't want, I didn't think that she would disown me or shun me or anything, but I didn't want to offend her sensibilities. And it really wasn't worth her knowing
2: now, this was before I met him,
3: right. so I didn't. I came into this
2: not knowing what she knew. Right,
3: but by by the time Amma had moved in, everything was pretty much on the table. Obviously, we don't tell her about some of the some of our more explicit practices because that's just right. not polite. Right, there's right. no need to
0: share all of that.
3: There's certain things a mother doesn't need to know. <laughs> <never. Yeah. laughs> but other than that, yeah, um, and. She, I remember her telling me that she didn't quite understand all of it, and there were there were a few ideas that made her uncomfortable on their surface. But she knew me, and she knew how she had raised me, and therefore that stood in good stead for both myself and anybody with whom I chose to enter this practice. Right, yeah.
2: and I think she really enjoys a lot of the uh, aesthetics and trappings of it. Like, yeah. She, she loves my collar. She thinks it's beautiful. She tells me regularly. She likes the decorations that I put on my collar. Like, I have a little dog tag I put on there, and I have a little...
3: Chainmail flower kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, flower
2: that was made for me by um, a dear friend. So, you know, I can be very open, and she loves my leather clothes, his leather outfits, his mm-hmm. leather pieces. She's seen our our title vests with the patches on them, um, and she's read them. She knows what they say. Um, so, so, you know, she, she's...
0: She's so she's very like I don't not into it, but like she she's good with it and she's interested in in knowing about it.
2: Yes, yeah, super accepting, and she and she's very curious about like the parties that we do and the classes we
3: teach, and we give her some information on it, about a lot. <laughs> right, we 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 tell her that we teach other people how to do what we do, and we tell her that we discuss ideas and practices, and we'll flat out tell her that. My mother and I have always worked on a principle that we call benign neglect, which says that she does what she does, I do what I do, and we've and there have been several times where we've looked at each other and said, I will answer this question if you want. But be <laughs> aware that you but but be aware that you may not like what you hear.
0: Right? Wow, okay. Don't ask
3: unless you're absolutely sure you want to know.
0: <laughs> yes, right? that's the phrase. And, and I'm the same way with
2: my parents, so um, I'll be honest with you, but that may come back to bite you. So,
1: so your parents know as well,
2: Yep. Um, or at least
1: are let in on it a little bit. Uh,
2: my mom knows more than my stepdad does. Cause my, I actually lived with my mom for a while after I'd entered into the lifestyle. Um, she knew about the relationship I was in at the time, which was polyamorous. Um, and she knew both my partners. She knew, you know, there was a lot of that, that, uh, you know, there was a lot of it. She just saw. I mean, it was she was around it. It was around her, and she was very she was friends with both of them. She liked them both, and everything she knew about my power dynamic, some um, and all that. So um, there was parts of it that she didn't agree with and that she didn't like. Um, she's she thinks that she's not fond of masochism in any form, even if it's you know consensual and discussed and everything. But she did her best to kind of take the same approach as um, my, mo- like my mother-in-law, that uh, was, you know, well, as long as you're happy and it's not hurting anybody. Um, or damaging, I guess, would be yeah, the better. Yeah, damaging, right. Not right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, as long as, as you found something that has worked for you, I'm happy for you, pet. Okay. So. Right.
1: It's almost like, to
2: no basis,
1: like you said. Don't ask unless you really want to be told.
2: Right. Pretty much.
0: And you mentioned you all are, are getting married so is are you having a traditional wedding or
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the only traditional thing about our wedding is that we're both gonna be there <laughs> <laughs> oh that's beautiful can I use that yes absolutely um I, I you know the, the theme the, our theme is we're doing what makes us happy um, and
3: We are doing nothing for anybody else's sake but our own.
2: Yeah. Except for the cover, you know, to get their signed piece of paper. But other than that, no, it's all on us. Um, That sounds awesome. It's going to be really unique. Definitely one of a kind. But it's going to be fun. And it's going to be um, very much us with a capital U. I just...
0: You know, so many people, like, honestly, it feels like to me every time I go to a wedding, like, the bride and the groom are so stressed out and, like, they they just aren't having any fun. So, it's it's cool to hear somebody go, we're going to do exactly what we want to do.
2: I think the only thing I'm going to be stressed out about is one, how long I have to stand up, and two, I know what's waiting on the uh, from the caterer. I know what the caterer's bringing, and I want to get over to the food <laughs> and stop taking pictures of me. I want my my pulled
3: pork and macaroni and cheese.
2: Damn well, it. Uh, that, That's right? Right. That's
3: well. Even with that, I think we said that we're having the photographer to just take candid. I don't think uh, yeah.
0: like you don't um, want the the whole posed.
2: Uh-huh. Um, I think we're gonna, I think there's gonna be a couple of ones that are kind of posed like we're, while we're signing the document, like signing the certificate, you might like have us pause for a second so you can get a good clear shot, but that's about it. Okay. So,
0: and, um, so you all, it, it sounds like you've been doing, living this way, um, for quite a while. So, like, what are things that you like to tell people who are, are new to this?
2: you're going to be scared sometimes it's okay to be scared just be honest about being scared and if something doesn't work talk about it and don't immediately dismiss it as something to never do again unless it really profoundly disturbed you
0: okay and that
2: doesn't it doesn't matter if it's a, it's a physical activity, or emotional activity, or whatever.
3: Just, just anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, I think, and I kind of alluded to this before, make sure that you're going into this as a fully developed, well-rounded person. Because at the end of the day, when the ropes and the cuffs come off, and all the gear is cleaned and put away, the people who are going to bed that night are people before they are dominants or submissives or pets or players.
2: Okay.
3: I see a lot of I see a lot of bad decisions get made for the sake of trying to be a good sub or a good dominant. And it it hurts to see so much really awful decision-making go on and so many values get compromised and so much bad behavior go through because this is what the culture demands or the scene requires or what people think a role should look like
0: instead of just saying like hey this is like i'm not okay with this
3: yeah
2: um i think another big one for me is of uh, you know being someone that has some mental health problems um do to, to both the people on both sides of it the one who is suffering from mental health mental health issues and the person who is you know supported is there with them be supportive is it, it, be as supportive as you can and um especially to the the mental health sufferer in the relationship or both people or you know if everyone involved with it is is having mental health issues don't stop working on yourself yeah go to the doctor get your meds take your meds go to therapy just because you're in a new dynamic and you're or you're in a new relationship and you've got that that new relationship energy going and you feel like you're on cloud nine it doesn't mean the mental health demons have Are not just waiting to you behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't stop your work just because you feel good because the relationship you're in is doing well.
0: And how like so that's obviously like a lot about you know self care and self love and how often do you all I guess like talk do you talk about that like um, a lot when you are educating people and also like safety.
2: Safety is my bread, butter, jam, flour, sugar, and (laughs) air I breathe. I refuse to enter into anything where I feel like someone may be compromised in any way, shape, or form. Physically, sexually, mentally, emotionally, uh, any kind. Because I've seen people ripped apart from the inside because, you know, something awful happened... Um, in a a situation it was just a conversation they had and it broke them down so if I'm going into a pet play situation I am very conscientious of you know who's watching the area who's making sure the floor is safe when was the last you know do I see objects that could be an issue I and when I'm if I'm leading a pet play situation I won't even allow my own headspace to be altered because I want first and foremost, everyone to have a good time and be safe. Um, when it comes to like pet, like puppy play stuff, if I'm leading an event, I won't, I will talk to someone. Uh, I will try to not talk them out of playing, but be, you know, I will pull them aside and be like, look, you don't have knee pads. You could be causing yourself some serious permanent damage if you're not careful. And I know that a lot of people get, you know, angsty and angry about the person that's that's kind of the, the scene mom but <laughs> I, I want to make sure that everybody's going to be okay not just that night but 10, following and, you know, six weeks now yeah yeah
1: absolutely somebody's got to do it yeah
2: <laughs> and it's something that I take very seriously in my relationship too again not just the physical aspects in our relationship it's it's about everyone's safety emotionally and mentally as well and so I try very hard to bring that to the table. You know, hey, is going to this place going to remind you of something that's going to hurt you? Or, hey, if
3: we go to this event, is there a possibility that something could happen that's going to bother you? And and same same on the other side. I, I know this seems like a really cool idea and we could have a lot of fun, but is this going to knock you out for the rest of the week? Or is this going to drain your reserves to the point where you won't be able to address the regular functions of our lives when we get back. Right. Which, because we have to, we have to think about these things, you know, a kink events can be wonderful things, but they end eventually. And that's not to be morose. I'm just saying that we all still have to pay the bills. We all have work in the morning. You know, the the laundry has to get done.
0: Right. And And are you going to be okay when that energy is gone.
3: Mm-hmm. And and we've actually been studying a little bit more on how to prevent that because we were at an event late last year and we heard people talking about post event drop for weeks and months afterwards wow. and there's and there's just something about that that didn't sit right with either of us and it's still being refined but we're coming to some theories about the idea that this is a preventable phenomena and ways to go about it.
2: Wow. And at any kind of event, not just kink or scene related, but any kind of convention or trade show or anything like that.
0: Where there's a lot of people who have, like, the same sort of interests coming together. Like, that's an exciting thing to do and to, right. to get to, whatever, talk to and interact with, with people that are, that are like yourself. It's
2: something right. that's going to take multiple hours usually, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And do you all find that um, people people do well with thinking about physical safety, but that the mental and emotional aspects are sort of left behind.
3: I think so personally, or at least I think that there are some ideas that need to be refined because it kind of goes back to what we were saying before with communication. We we've gone to a lot of discussions and heard a lot of discourse where people always say you need to be open and honest and communicate, but it's getting to the point where that's almost kind of a buzzword because what they don't talk about is how or what you should communicate about. Right. And you could, I could talk in circles all day about anything, but if it doesn't move the conversation forward and get us to the point where we can discuss what it is we're trying to do and how the best way is to get there, then what's the point? Right. It's not really helping anything.
2: I remember one of the first scenes I ever had um, af- after it was over and the the person that I had seen with as the, the top I had seen with was taking me home. She mentioned that, uh, you know, hey, over the course of the next few days, you may start feeling the need to cry. You may feel like you really need me. You may. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I was so confused, and then sure enough, I had, you know, a drop uh, a a day or so later, and I locked myself in my room for two days, and I could not figure out why. Um, Because they don't you know, they talk about when that all those happy brain chemicals wear off. They don't, you don't talk about how you're going to feel the physical side of it more acutely, but you feel the emotional side of it. And, and not everybody goes through this, but I definitely do. I feel the emotional side more acutely. Okay. So, you know, we, we use the term aftercare for those things that you do after that the the playtime is over to take care of yourself and your partner and the partner should have you know says some things that they should do too to check on you even if all they do is reach out via text or a message or something like that and be like okay are you okay are you sleeping okay have you been able to eat okay things like that
0: and are there i guess i i i hear about aftercare for for i guess like bottoms or subs but is is there aftercare for for tops
3: absolutely what that is can vary from person to person um I found, interestingly for myself, that really the only time I've ever needed heavy, really needed extensive aftercare, was in the days I was doing pickup play. But when with a dedicated partner, I find I don't need it as much, but sometimes that can mean, I think a lot of that gets covered in our debriefings, for us personally, because we can say how this made us feel or what our reaction was to that. But being a top is a big responsibility, as I'm sure you're aware. You have to deal with a lot of variables, contingencies, not just your own state of mind, but somebody else's. Right. And sometimes I I can say, I will take care of you to the best of my ability, but I need an hour where I can just be alone with a game of Tetris. Or I want to make sure that I clean up this particular piece of, equipment because that's a centering activity for me there's more discourse being done about it now than there used to be hmm. but I think there's more work that does need to be done in that regard
0: okay that's fair I feel like um in it in the world where we live in now that it's a lot more I guess oh, people are a lot more open and and um, it's more acceptable to sort of have discussions and obviously th- with the internet like you can have a discussion with somebody across the world now about something mm-hmm. like this
3: well and, and just to put a follow up to that last point what, talking about aftercare for TOPS this is something that I, I won't say campaign on but it's something that I'm passionate about is that the there's not a lot of positive examples of TOPS in depictions of BDSM. The, the the joke that I like to make is that of the damaged Dom, where the person involved is only doing these activities to exercise some sort of personal demon. Right. But if they weren't traumatized, they wouldn't be atop. And quite frankly, I find that a little bit offensive.
0: That's fair. I mean, that's completely fair.
3: Yeah. So... One thing that I'm trying to get across to more people, and which goes back to again points that we made earlier, it's people. We're <laughs> all just people. Right. We are not Doms are not supermen. We are not psychic. We are not mind readers. And I know people say that a lot too. I meant to uh, make
2: that point earlier, but I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> You're amazing, but you can't it's very rare you can read my mind. Right.
3: It oh you know, it happens occasionally. If you work well enough and long enough and hard enough with someone, you can develop the rapport to the point where it does look like it's telepathy, but it isn't. But so you put in it's the, the res- work to
0: just like get to know like the things that they want and need.
3: Exactly. And going back to yet another earlier point, if you do study things like psychology can communications negotiations you could get to the point where you can be very adept at reading body language and vocal inflection and things like that but it doesn't mean you're infallible right it doesn't mean right. that you'll be right every time
2: i'll go back to our origin story a little bit um you know well we were long distance for the first three months that we were together quote unquote um And it was a distance of uh, about 550 miles. So it wasn't that it was like a real short trip, you know, just a three or four hour drive to see each other. It was nine hours between where I was and where he was. So it wasn't a trip that we could make all the time. But we made it a point to talk constantly. It was usually eight to ten hours of texting a day and then another two to four on the phone at night
3: thank goodness we both had unlimited plans
2: no right? kidding <laughs> and, and it you know and we do video calls sometimes you know when we could and we shared about you know everything from our work day to how much we love Legos to you know what video games we loved most and movies we hate and you know, tropes and TV shows that we think are overused and ridiculous and things like that. I mean, if it, if it came to mind to talk about, we talked about it um, for, yeah, and constantly for those three months, every time we were apart and we were, when we were together, the conversation was constant. I think on an, an average weekend together, we'd get maybe 12 hours of sleep in three days because yep. we would be up
3: until damn near
2: dawn every night.
3: One night we were up until dawn.
2: Yep. Just talking about, you know, uh, uh, some of our favorite, you know, guitarists and, and, you know, our, our favorite places to, uh, you know, travel to that we'd be, that, you know, favorite vacations we'd taken as kids and stuff. So, you know, we, we worked really hard on being able to talk, openly and fluidly with each other about, as people as people about everything so that when it came time to have the more difficult conversations we could and there were times where we had to ask each other really hard questions but we were able to have those conversations you know there yeah there was crying yeah there was you know mm. cuddles were, you know required afterwards <laughs> uh, some trips to uh, you know denny's or ihop and two o'clock in the morning um, to get pancakes because sometimes that's just the only thing that helps.
0: Convert hash food. Brown,
2: hash browns with A1 sauce. Yeah, hash browns with yeah, yeah, A1 that. sauce and, and pancakes. Um, that sounds and, delicious. And, and And being able to move forward into that. So that's why, even though we've only been together technically for about a year and a half. We've, we've put a lot of work and a lot of energy and a lot of time. We probably put in about a decade's worth
3: of maintenance within yeah. that year and a half. Wow. In, in those two years. And,
2: and is, so...
0: is that something that you all see, like, people starting out, is that a mistake that you see a lot, is that they don't put, like, the groundwork in to, to make a solid relationship?
2: Um... I think you have to be very specific as to what that groundwork is Mm. because you can't just pour the cement, smooth it out and call it done. You've got to put, you know, the the infrastructure in
3: place and you have to uh, go in with a plan, perhaps. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And I
2: think and I don't I I honestly can't tell you a thing about how it goes in a vanilla relationship anymore. I can't remember. (laughs) And I couldn't live vanilla anymore if you paid me to. I, I, I can't. Nope. Um. So I, I, I can't speak to a relationship that doesn't have a, a DS or MS or some kind of dominant submission type role in it. A
3: hierarchy. Yeah, a
2: hierarchy a, a ste- uh, in the relationship. But I can speak to, if you do have a hierarchy, that you have to have all of the, the how and most importantly the, the why, why in place before you can build anything on top of it and we did that work right so uh and we continue to do so and it's not something that's ever going to stop or go away and i need to understand that he uh, the, the every the every aspect of it just as much as he does
0: right it's not like a one-sided thing ever
2: no can't be
0: and you all well, think you'll do this for the rest of your life oh yes yeah for sure
3: uh-huh no question
0: was there ever a time where you you didn't feel that way where you thought like oh I'll do this for a while and then like I I won't
3: no wow. no <laughs> I, I think in, in terms of this being a lifestyle practice for us then no there's no question at all
2: I don't even I it's I, I take the style out of it I mean this is my life
3: yeah right I
2: I've done the research and a lot of the soul searching and even talks with therapists about it. And honestly, even though they, they kind of tilt their head and look at me like I've, you know, i sprouted a fourth, a third and fourth ear. I, I feel it critical to my happiness and survival to have the structure. Right. And I found someone who built the perfect structure for me to exist in wow. not just not just ex- not just contentedly, but happily. Right. That means that means a lot to hear you say that. And I'm exceedingly thankful to you all the time for for you know helping me helping me by building this and acclimating it for us, and for me. Thank you. For me. That's why I gave you that uh, the cuff.
3: Yeah. The for me, it was very difficult to come to the idea that this is something how. I want to live being raised by a first wave women's lib feminist. The idea that I wanted to have control over my partner. And since I am straight, that partner would invariably be a woman. Right. Was a little bit of a crisis of conscience, (laughs) but there, but being in control and being a leader doesn't mean being a tyrant.
0: Right. Right.
3: And that's why I, put so much work into studying process procedure history to make my to make sure that I am being a good and ethical leader
0: which it 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 sounds like I feel I feel like people maybe don't think about stuff like that too much but as you're saying it it just it sounds like that should be a part of something that everybody does for any relationship but especially a relationship like you all have
3: I think you're right, but I don't necessarily, I'm going to say I don't blame people for not thinking about that because, A, it's not often depicted in the few mainstream depictions that there are, and two, I'll admit it, it's not the sexiest thing to to research or to talk about or to think about. (laughs) And when people get into these sorts of things, usually it's not stability and clarity that they're seeking it's exoticism and fun and fantasy and that's awesome and i understand that but if you're going to make this work for longer than a couple of weekends a couple of months then you gotta pour you gotta pour the concrete and get your hands dirty
0: right you gotta do the you know i don't want to say like the not fun stuff but you have to you have to do all of the work to get to do the part that you you know you get to play and you get to enjoy
2: mhm and, you know, it, it, a lot of people, I think, think like when you see the, the media depictions of this kind of thing, um, either it's not talked about much or at all, or the, the dominant kind of fo- just foists it on this, the the submissive one, um, and they just happen to be okay with it, and that's yeah. and it goes from there. Um, Which goes back to that kind of
3: tele- telepathic
2: thing yeah. that we were discussing. Whereas, you know, everything that we do it's something you know we we negotiate on it. It's it's something we both want or 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 are at least okay with or comfortable with. It, it you know the the pony play the 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 other various weird things you know rope. It, it doesn't matter whatever it is. It's both something we are happy to explore.
0: Right, you know, or, or, the, or take in. Neither one of you ever just like we're you know like pushing something on the other one. Like we're gonna try this now.
3: Right. No, I the I I certainly wouldn't do that and I I have seen examples of dominance who say this is what we're doing and we are and you are going to do it this way because I say so and to me trying to that compliance without the sub understanding the why behind it is just a waste of energy.
2: Now that's not to say that there isn't certain circumstances where a lot of stuff is already agreed upon sure. and he's You know, he builds something out of that. Like, he knows I love um, what I call Barbie play, where I want to be told specifically what to wear on a special occasion or for a special occasion. So he'll tell me, you're going to come home and you're going to put on X, Y, Z, and we're going to go somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where, that kind of thing. But that's within the parameters that we've already established. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna giggle like an idiot and I'm gonna go tell put on exactly what he told me to because <laughs> I love that kind of thing and he knows this. It's not something he's just throwing at me because he feels like
3: it. right. Right. So or and I I bring this up just because this is another one of the lessons that we teach. Mm-hmm. If for some reason she can't do exactly what I told her. She understands the goal that I'm setting well enough to make decisions on the fly and explain them to me in such a manner that I can say, oh, that makes sense. Okay. And we can proceed with minimal disruption to what it was we were trying to do.
0: Right. Like the whole, the whole, like, evening or, or plan hasn't been, you know, completely just like dislodged because of one small thing.
2: Exactly. Mm hmm. So, Ultimately, he wants to go to XYZ locations, so if I have to wear a different pair of shoes, I will explain, you know, there is mud on the other ones that mm-hmm. I have not cleaned off yet, so I can't wear them. I'm going to wear these instead, or something, something along same. those lines, yeah.
0: Okay. And I guess, like, you all clearly do your research and and do your best to, you know, communicate positively, positively with one another, but, like, what... What are, what is some good material for people just learning? Like, what what's a good place to start?
3: If we're talking about how to communicate with people, just, just conversation, then I would recommend the book Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. That is the FBI hostage negotiator I mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: if we are discussing... How to start building a structure. I would recommend anything by Jocko Willink. Uh, most, more specifically, uh, Extreme Ownership, which is in its second edition, and what was the other one? The Dichotomy of Leadership. Okay. For new people who lean submissive, I would recommend figuring out how to learn things what is the best way that you absorb and retain information? And though, or, and what, sorry, let me try that again. (laughs) What is the best way by which you learn and retain information and how best to form and modify habits? And for that one, I would recommend a book by a fellow named Robert Maurer, M-A-U-R-E-R. And the book is called Kaizen, which is a Japanese philosophy on how you can make, the most minimal changes to advance your particular goal? What is the, what is the smallest thing you can do to get where you're going? And Mm -hmm. in addition to that, I would also recommend a book called Essentialism. Uh, I think the fellow's name, his last name is McCowan. I don't remember his first name, but uh, that deals with similar principles. What are the smallest things you can do to yield the biggest results?
0: Right. Uh, it sounds it kind of long. like a sorry
3: about that.
0: like a work smarter, not harder kind of deal. Like yes, okay.
1: Well, is... And oh, with going and what you should look into, is there anything that you would tell people to like avoid, like don't go in that direction?
2: Um, the biggest one is don't immediately dive for the MS books. Now that's not to say you shouldn't pick them up eventually but if you're just Mm -hmm. starting you know get uh there is one book on that's kind of a general on bdsm that i'm fond of because it uh, touches on the glossary that's really common. Yeah, okay, I'll give so you that So learning yeah. the terms so that you'll hear them thrown around, so, you you know, what the hell is a top, and what's a trainer, what's mm-hmm. the difference between the two, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's right. called uh, Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns. I don't know who wrote it, but it, it covers, you know, like you hear people talk about, I mean, it covers the glossary, the lexicon so thoroughly from, you know, uh, top, bottom, submissive, what's a flogger, what's a cane, what's the difference. It covers a really broad amount of information in very small chunks so that you can get it, you know, when you go to the club, you're not going to hear these terms and think, you know, oh, I'm entering a torture chamber. I should run the hell out of here. Right. right. You you're your <laughs> double, double knot your damn sneakers because someone's going to come after you and try to kill you.
1: Yeah, so it won't be as scary if you yeah. look into something like that.
2: Yeah, and recognize that everything that you're seeing uh, is consensual in those spaces. Right. It, it has to be and things like that. So it's going to be different. You're going to see some shit that's probably going to uh, warp your worldview a little bit first time you go. And that's just how, you know, that's that's cool. That's where we get to be our happy, twisted selves in as much a public space as, as possible.
0: Right. How important do you all think it is to be a part of uh, let a social scene or, or a club or, you know, go to parties or conventions and that kind of thing?
2: You know, this is definitely one of those your mileage may vary type things because some people just don't thrive in social situations mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's okay. Hey, uh, sometimes I will go weeks without engaging with anybody else in this world except for ex- except for except for Shisho, except for my master, um, because I go through these periods of just not feeling like I want to communicate with anybody unless I absolutely have to for my you know day job. Um, so I think it's a great way to learn, and it's definitely the best way to be exposed to new things. You know, there's some really, really cool stuff out there, like fire flogging and things like that. You know, things you're only ever going to see if you go to these events in these spaces. And it's a great way to network with other individuals that can teach you about them, show them these things. But I wouldn't say you absolutely have to. I'd say if it's, it's a
3: want, not a need. Yeah, I would agree. I would also throw in a caution that... There's a lot of people out there who, and I'm probably a very ironic choice to say this, there are people out there who take themselves way too seriously (laughs) and do not have a lot of ego or reality checks in place. And there's a lot of echo chamber mentality out there. There's a lot of cult mentality out there. And especially in groups that can be marginalized like these, those problems can become magnified by quite a bit. So I, I definitely agree with Ama's assessment that it's a want, not a need. But with that want, be careful and be cautious. Do not suspend your judgment, your beliefs, or your ethics when in these groups.
2: And trust your gut. Yes. If you get the vibe that someone's creepy,
3: they're probably they, creepy. They probably they're probably, are. probably creepy. <laughs>
2: You are under no obligation to talk to anybody unless they want to see your ID to let you in. Right. That's really the only person you have to talk to. I like that. (laughs) So, you know, you you don't, and if you want to just go and observe, that's cool too. You know, if, if you're more comfortable just kind of being the wallflower and just kind of taking it all in, by all means. You might not get the most out of the experience that way because you, you don't talk to anybody to find out more of the why something's going on, but it can be a really interesting opportunity in terms of, again, getting a kind of a sample for what, how other people express
3: their dynamic.
1: And kind of a sample of like, oh, maybe I'll like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. People watching can be incredibly fun. <laughs> and,
0: there's,
3: and there's some
2: people who will, you know, if you talk go up and talk to them after, scene is over, they'll let you see the implements they use, they'll let you handle them, you know, they'll they'll explain, you know, why they swing, or how they swing, you know, this, or how this moves, or why you react such a way. I mean, a lot of people really get off on sharing that information. We're two of those people. Indeed. You come up up to us after a scene is over and you ask about, you know, the things we're using or what it was exactly that we did. Oh my god, we'll talk to you until you are ready to run (laughs) screaming.
0: like you, your technique is important to you and you like to you know let other people in on it
3: oh very much so yeah we we don't <laughs> we don't believe in we don't believe in hidden knowledge
2: Nope. all right and i i have what i call a competence fetish <laughs> i really enjoy watching people do something they do well it doesn't matter what it is if it's cooking or flogging or or making candles or carving wood it doesn't matter so, you know, getting to talk to somebody who's really passionate about what they do and they're good at it. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs>
1: yeah, I was going to I, say, I think it's just that passion of
2: being
1: like, yes, them in the moment.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, could, I could watch that kind of thing and just bask in it for days. I think I have actually when I've gone on my cooking show benders. Yep.
0: So. Well, and I think there's some like there's a, a level of attractiveness in seeing somebody confidently doing something. They yes, know absolutely. that they know what they're doing,
2: and that's one of the things that drew me to Master in the first place. <laughs> you know, he 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 walked upright and he was proud. He knew who he was, and he wore that leather like it was cut specifically for him. <laughs> and 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 when he had the instruments in his hand, it
3: was it was like they were molded for him. Which which I take as high praise considering those were those were your tools you've never handed
2: them before in your life (laughs) nope (laughs) so you know it's i knew that i was going to be safe with him after the conversation that we had and seeing him the way that he presented himself and everything like that and i was absolutely not disappointed
0: (laughs) (laughs) clearly Uh, um is there anything i guess that that we missed that you feel like you want to mention or need to mention, like need to get out there?
2: Oh, closing thoughts, huh? Um, (laughs) I I guess the biggest one that I tell people about any and everything in this world is it doesn't matter if it's, you know, one-on-one with someone or if it's you're at a big group or whatever, never Ever be afraid to ask questions yes it doesn't matter if it's how it does it doesn't matter if it's what and especially it's important if you need to ask why and some people may rebuke you for asking those questions but they're not if, if they do and it's not like a personal thing that, that, that they're that you're asking about they're probably not worth knowing beyond
3: casual acquaintance. They, they don't have your best interests at heart. No, oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure they don't. Yeah. Um, I think I've ranted and railed on all of my uh, <laughs> passion projects.
2: <laughs> well, uh, we, we have an ongoing um, education thing that we do, and we love getting any opportunity to share. So, thank you both very much for this opportunity. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, thank well, you.
0: We've enjoyed listening to you guys
2: thank you and learning
0: (laughs) yes learning for sure yeah um well thank you all so much for joining us
3: oh wow thank you uh, our pleasure pleasure, truly
0: and um you all have a good night You
3: you too thank you
2: thank you
0: thank you so much john and ama for joining us ashley this was a
1: very fun episode for me
0: i truly enjoy learning things
1: like this so i'm super happy about it uh thanks for listening we hope you guys enjoy it too have a good evening bye
0: we hope you enjoyed john and ama as much as we did if you have questions for them or would like to contact them you can do so at house of the endless at gmail.com <laughs>
1: We'd love to hear from you. Send us your stories, comments, questions, or subjects you'd like to hear us talk about to bumpingucast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Please spread the word. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us grow our podcast. Thanks for listening.